0: Welcome back to another episode of Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler. On this podcast, we explore all things related to thriving and flourishing in life. There are three fundamental truths that inform not just my podcast, but my coaching as well. And they are number one, the future can be changed. You are not stuck and you are not trapped by your predictable future. Wherever you are right now, it's just your present state. It does not determine where you can go in life. Fundamental truth number two, you can change your future. This might be the best news of all. You don't need to be rescued by someone else. You can do that for yourself. In other words, you can be your own hero. And fundamental truth number three, you do not have to wait. Too many people think that they have to have the perfect plan or all the knowledge or all the skills before they can get started. Nothing is further from the truth. I've coached a lot of people in my career, and trust me when I say that you can learn whatever it is that you need to learn along the way. The key is to start. If you've listened to the podcast before, you'll probably know that we find stories and experts who shed light on these different areas so that we can all flourish and thrive. Let's dive in to today's episode. are so lucky to have today's guest. She is the founder of the PBT Institute. PBT stands for Post-Betrayal Transformation. She is a holistic psychologist, a health, mindset, and personal development expert. She is the author of Trust Again and is a two-time number one international best-selling author of The Unshakable Woman and From Hardened to Healed. Her podcast, From Betrayal to Breakthrough, is globally ranked within the top 1.5% of podcasts. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx twice, and among others, she's an award-winning speaker and coach dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health, work, relationships, confidence, and the happiness that they want most. Her name is Dr. Debbie Silber, and I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. Debbie, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks so much. Looking forward to our conversation. So am I. From the second we connected on PodMatch, I thought, "Ooh, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. So why don't you tell the listeners about a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, my topic is betrayal. I don't think anybody says, oh, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. <laughs> no. you study it because you have to. It's my 30th year in business, and as life would change, so would business. So I started in health and then mindset and then personal development. I had a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. And then it happened again a few years later. This time, my husband, uh, anybody who's been through it, you're shocked, you're blindsided, you're devastated. Uh, Life as you've known it is no longer. And that was the deal breaker. So got him out of the house and looked at the two experiences thinking, okay, well, what's similar here? Of course me, but what else? And I realized boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my own needs seriously. And I feel, you know, I'm one of those people that feels if nothing changes, nothing changes. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business, and I said, you know what, I'm like a book wasn't getting me out of this jam, I needed to dive in headfirst. So I, uh, I enrolled in a PhD program, and it was in transpersonal psychology, psychology of transformation and human potential. I was changing so much, I didn't quite understand it. He was too, wasn't ready to look at that. And, and I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to manage the time. But then it was time to do a study. So I study betrayal, what holds wow. us back, what helps us heal. And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Well, first of all, I love that you took what is typically a negative experience,
0: betrayal, because it hurts, it sucks. We all know that. I love that you took that and you did something positive
1: with it. So, what are those three discoveries? Yeah, sure. And I'll tell you, you know, I remember going through. The study, and there was just this moment where I mean, I was desperate to heal. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but if I do, I'm taking everybody with me. Like it was, <laughs> I, I was like, who said that? <laughs> but uh, anyway, so the first discovery was, was originally I was studying betrayal and post traumatic growth. And for those who aren't oh, familiar, yeah, I look at pro- post traumatic growth as kind of the upside of trauma, you know, how that trauma, whatever it is, death of a loved one, natural disaster, disease gives you a new awareness, insight, perspective that you didn't have. But I had been through death of a loved one and I'd been through disease. And I was like, "Mm -mm, betrayal feels different, different thing. I didn't want to assume it was the same for all my study participants. So I asked him, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why, because it feels so intentional. We take it so personally. So, the whole self is shattered, right? Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust. Like when you lose someone you love, you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss, life will never be the same. You don't necessarily lose your ability to trust. You don't think you're no. crazy, right? So, this type of healing was very different and needed its own name, which is now called post betrayal transformation. It's like if I were to give you an equation, it would be post traumatic growth. The rebuilding of your life plus rebuilding yourself equals post betrayal transformation. That was the first. Yeah, I can see how that would be
0: super different. You know, because I've been through a natural disaster, you know, a big fire. I've been through a life threatening illness. I've been through the loss of a loved one and I've been through betrayal. And you're right. You are left feeling different about yourself
1: with betrayal. Exactly. You don't question uh, so many other things in those other types of traumas. Yeah. And listen, it's not to say what's better, what's worse. They all stick. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's it, it's just, it's the self that shattered. Yeah. In betrayal. Because this was the person, these were the people that gave you a sense of safety and security. So mm-hmm. when this is the person, these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security. It's traumatizing in a very different way. Anyway, so there's that a new term for it, which is now called post-betrayal transformation. The second discovery was that there's actually a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's now known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we've had over 80,000 plus people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. A few things about that. The first thing is we've all been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal. That's not true. Yeah. There's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? People write things like, you know, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 10 years ago. It feels like it happened yesterday. So we know you cannot count on time. You can't even count on a new relationship to heal betrayal. Mm. It needs to be deliberate and intentional. And most people don't do that. And uh, there's so much I'd love to talk about with that too. But every so often I pull the stats from the quiz to see where people land. I'm happy to share some with you.
0: I would love that because I noticed that on during your TED talk and I was blown away by that because we all hear that, you know, time heals all wounds, blah, blah. But then when you said that people are commenting on betrayal from 35, 40 years ago and they still can't trust. I mean, oh my goodness,
1: that's amazing. Now, the good news is you can heal from all of it, which is the third discovery. But that's what happens when you're just hoping Time takes care of it. When you're just hoping it goes away, when you're just hoping a new relationship takes care of it, it doesn't, it stays with you. It follows you around like a shadow. Healing must be deliberate and intentional. Okay, so imagine this is men, women, just about every country's represented 80,000 plus people. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. That one move right there is just exhausting, being hypervigilant. 94% deal with painful triggers, and those triggers can take you down. The most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue, they sleep all night, they wake up, they're exhausted, their adrenals have tanked, 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down, later on you use food for comfort. 45% have a digestive issue, and that could be anything. Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. The most common mental symptoms 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% are unable to focus. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted. You yeah. still have to work. You That's still right. have to raise kids. That's not even the emotional ones. Emotionally, experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. You could bounce back and forth between those two emotions all day long. All day long. 82% feel hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. Just a few more. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And so that's that's across more than 80,000
0: participants worldwide. And these betrayals are not necessarily things that happened
1: recently. Here's the craziest thing. You heard those numbers. You didn't hear yeah. me say twenty percent, thirty percent. These numbers, oh, no. are, these aren't necessarily from a recent betrayal. This could be from the parent who did something awful when you were a kid. This could be from the boyfriend or girlfriend who broke your heart in high school. So think about this. That mm-hmm. person may not, no care. Remember, they may not even be alive. And here right. we are, decades later, with these symptoms. Because of something that happened back then. That's what happens when we don't deliberately and intentionally move through the betrayal, which I'll get to in the third discovery.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, we're holding on to it or we're still feeling it. And like you say, the other person, they might not even know. Mm -hmm. Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness. Okay. So
1: the third discovery. For me, this was the most exciting and out of all three. And what was discovered was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do. If we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, like I just shared, to that whole healed, complete state of post-betrayal transformation, that rebuilding of your life and yourself, we're going to move through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. That's amazing. And like you say, that's hopeful. And not just possible predictable. And I'm happy to share the five stages if you want to hear them. Oh my goodness, absolutely. I think a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah. So yeah. And everybody, you know, I would love for them to really think about where they are now. And and as I say, there is one stage that is the most common place to get stuck. This is where people land and stay for life. And when I say it, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, all the stages are mapped out in trust again. It's what all of our coaches are certified in. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. Here's a boiled down version. So stage one is before it happens. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with every study participant, me too, was a heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing and Mm -hmm. kind of neglecting or ignoring the emotional, spiritual feeling and being. Now that's not to say if you're busy thinking and doing, you'll be betrayed, but think about what happens when you're so busy, you turn down your intuition. So when you turn down your intuition, the feeling and being, you don't see things. That's right. Anyway, when a table only has two legs, easier for the table to topple over, that's us. Stage two, shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery day. The scariest of all of the stages. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right here, you've gotten the news that forever changes your life. You've ignited the stress response. You're now headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, Mm -hmm. condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot understand, wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes Mm -hmm. no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules that govern you, that prevent chaos. Trust this person. Don't go there. These are the rules. This is how life works. And in one earth shattering moment or series of moments, every rule you've held to be real and true is no longer. The bottom has bottomed out on you and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. This is terrifying. That's right. right. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's Mm -mm. stage three, survival instincts emerge. Go ahead. No, Um, I was just, that just makes perfect sense. Yeah, survival instincts emerge. This is the most practical of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three, by far, hands down, is the most common place we get stuck. And Mm -hmm. here's why. And when I talk about it, You're going to be shaking your head, everybody, like, "Mm -hmm, I get it. Once we figured out how to survive our experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we think it's good. And we're like, okay, I got this. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's a stage four or stage five, transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we think this is it. So we park here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And Mm -hmm. we plant roots here and four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all those small self benefits from being here. You get your story, you get Mm -hmm. to be right. You get sympathy from everyone you tell your story to. You know, you don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget it. I'm not trusting anybody. So you plant deeper roots. You're not supposed to again, but you don't know that. Now, because you're here longer than you should be, you start thinking things like, well, maybe I'm not all that. Maybe I deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, this is the energy you start putting out. The like energy attracts like energy. Mm-hmm. So now you start calling situations and circumstances and relationships towards you. To confirm, yep, this is where you belong. The misery loves company crowd. That's, that's why right. they put around now. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because <laughs> it feels so bad, but we don't know there's anywhere else to go. Right here, we resign ourselves. We're like, this stinks. But like, I have to get through my day. I have to work. I have to feed my kids. So here's where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, You know, work, mm-hmm. TV, whatever it is to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves from this painful place. So think about it. You do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing, or that drinking, that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. It's yeah. It was 20 years ago. All they did was lock themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, and it becomes self fulfilling,
0: and like you said, it might feel kind of good
1: and familiar, and, and familiar. then the more familiar it is, and the harder, the, the yep, yeah, and the more support we feel we're getting from staying here. And I'll tell you, I'm a psychologist, but I am a coach first, and we have so many people coming into the PBT Institute with therapy trauma. If that therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal, it does way more harm than good, because if anything is going to glue you to stage three, like crazy glue, it's unpacking your story endlessly without a deliberate plan to move to stage four.
0: Yeah. Now what, tell me, you said therapy trauma.
1: Yeah. This is, well, this happens in a few ways. One is the continual unpacking, solidifying stage three to the point where that's who you become. That becomes your identity. You can't possibly imagine another story that's or right. something and right. going over it and over it and over it and perfecting your story. And yes, you're right. Yes. All of it. It loses there. That's one thing. The other thing is, you know, I see this with a lot of people, a lot of couples who go to, let's say couples counseling. If that Counselor or therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal. What happens so often is we'll take a typical scenario I see all day long. Let's say there's a narcissist, and I'm just using an example, everybody. Let's say it's a husband and wife narcissist guy and his wife, and he betrays her. Well, if that therapist isn't highly skilled, the narcissist can be very charming, very charming, even crocodile tears, right? So the counselor can look at the person who's betrayed the wife in this case of my example and can say, you know, you need to communicate better. And the wife is like, what? You know, so it's as if it weren't damaging enough. Now this person isn't getting the acknowledgement, the validation, not so that she stays stuck, so that she knows, even though it happened to her, it's not about her. Mm -hmm. You see? Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. Let me get you to stage four. And by the way, while Trust, again, maps out the five stages, I found everybody getting stuck in stage three. So my most recent book, From Hardened to Healed, is just for stage three. Oh, that's me. perfect. It's like you owe it to yourself to move through the stages. Yeah. Anyway, so if you're willing, willingness is a big word right here. If you're willing to let go of all the small self-benefits, everything you get from it, grieve, mourn the loss, bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happens, what happened, but I control what I do with it. Just in that decision, you're turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but you've just stopped the massive damage you were creating in stages two and stage three. Stage four feels like, it's actually, it's my favorite stage. It feels like if you've ever moved, If Mm -hmm. you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, all your stuff's not there. It's not all cozy yet, but you're like, okay, we can do this. It feels like that. But what's so interesting is to stage four, if you were to move, you don't necessarily bring everything with you. You don't bring the things that don't represent who you want to be. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you right here in this one spot, you've outgrown them. People say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years into me. Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. Here's where you're intentionally choosing people aligned with who you're ready to become.
0: Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I've experienced that. I know people who've experienced it. That makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. And it's in this one spot right here. And it happens all the time. And people are like, I don't get it. I feel like a fish (laughs) out of water with my own group. I can't stand, I don't resonate anymore. Is it me? Yes, it is. That's transformation. Anyway, but in a good way. Yes, it is, but in a good way, right? Yes, absolutely. And there are people who will arise and there's a new bunch of people too, but Mm -hmm. that uh, low level of consciousness that you are now hyper aware of, you're no longer a fit. Yeah. When you've made stage four cozy, you've made it mentally home. You move into the fifth most beautiful stage, and this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview the body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Mm-hmm. The mind is healing. You're making new rules. You're making new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on everything you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five wow. stages.
0: That's amazing. So with that in mind, obviously you said you see a lot of people who get stuck in that stage three, what are some, what are some strategies or what are some things that people can do to get themselves moving towards stage four?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing is you want to know that's where you are. So if you're unaware a a lack of awareness is one of the biggest obstacles right here, because it's just become Mm. your life and you don't even realize, but I'll tell you, we see it in health, in work, in relationships. So if this is where you are, know that this is how it's showing up. In relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways. I'll see it where uh, a repeat betrayal. The faces change, but it's Mm. the same thing. And you keep going from friend to friend to friend, boss to boss to boss, partner to partner to partner. Is it me? Yes, it is. Not in that it's your fault, in that it's your opportunity. There's a profound lesson needing to be learned here. You are lovable, worthy, deserving. You need better boundaries to place whatever it is for you. Until and unless you get that, you're going to have opportunities in the form of people to teach you. Like, look at my example. It is my family. I thought I healed, did the work to heal, and then again, it was my husband. Now, look at what I did. I had never in my life done anything really for me. And for me, it was huge enrolling in a PhD program. Like I said, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it, manage the time, changed everything, everything. And I'll, I'll wrap up my story after, but just to show you. So in relationships, we'll see it in repeat betrayals. That's how, you know, it's unhealed. We also see it where people put the big wall up. They're like, Mm-mm, been there, done that. No one's getting close to me again. And we, you know, you may think it's coming from a place of strength. It's not, it's coming from fear. You yeah. just do not want to take the chance of your heart being broken again like that. And you're like, I'd rather keep everyone at bay than risk that level of vulnerability and potential heartbreak again. We see it in health. People go to the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. At the root of it is an unhealed betrayal so often. Like for example, 45%, you heard me read, of everyone betrayed as a gut issue. Well, you can go to the best gut doctor on the planet, but if they don't know, there's an unhealed betrayal at the root of it. They're only going so far. I mean, that's why we're so excited about our certification program We want everyone to know about the five stages. So that gut expert who now, you know, is also uh, proficient in the five stages can say, okay, well, yes, you may need this supplement, but let's address that betrayal too. Because we're treating symptoms in that case. Exactly. And it's symptom relief. It's not getting to the root at all. And then Mm -hmm. we see it in, um, we see it in work too. Let's say you deserve that razor promotion, you know, but you're you're lack confidence. And so you're bitter and resentful and ask and don't ask because your confidence was shattered in the betrayal. Or, you know, you want to be a team player, collaborative partner, but the person you trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How do you trust that boss, that coworker, that partner? So it shows up everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, I can totally see that. And when you were
0: saying there, Debbie, about it, something wrong with me, it took me back to I was in my late 20s, went through a very bad breakup with someone. And there was betrayal. And then I had a friend shortly after that, like within a year or two, it was like the same, like it was a similar pattern. And I remember I had a therapist at the time because I was healing from some other stuff. And I'm like, is it me? What am I doing wrong? And I kind of thought it was a rhetorical question. I'd get some comfort there. And she'd be like, oh no. And she's like, yeah, you're attracting it.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's
0: like, so could you speak to that a little bit? How do we, because no one
1: attracts that on purpose. No, of course not. (laughs) And you know, it, it's like these experiences, these situations are coming to you because mm-hmm. there is something powerful that needs to be learned. Like, you know, in my experience, let's use mine for example. I never had boundaries in place. I put everyone's needs in front of my own. And here, you know, think about it. This was when, you know, it was to me, the mother of all betrayals. And I was like, that's it. I'm putting myself first and at least putting myself on my own to do list here. And look how it changed my life. And now, grateful to say the lives of many others. And it's when you learn that lesson. And I'm not suggesting at all that the betrayal was your fault, not, but there's something to be learned there. And when you do, it's trauma well served. Yeah. And I didn't do anything anybody else couldn't do. And there wasn't a roadmap for it at the time. There's a roadmap now. And here's the thing too. Rebuilding is always a choice. Whether you rebuild yourself and you move along. And that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something from the ground up, new Mm -hmm. with that person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, as two totally transformed people, we married each other again. Wow! new rings, new bows, new everything. And our four kids is our bridal party. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And what I see is people are so afraid of that death and destruction of the old. That's the only way you birth the new. And why do you think that is? The fear. And I'll tell you, there were three groups in the study who did not heal. The first was the group where they just, they refused to accept their betrayal. Like they had their story, they were sticking with it. They were deeply rooted in stage three. The okay. second group, this was the group that was numbing, avoiding, distracting. They ran to the doctor who put them on a mood stabilizer or anti anxiety med, or they were drinking, numbing, whatever they were doing. May have made the day a bit easier to get through, not without a price that didn't heal. And the third group, this was to me the most interesting. This was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of fear, financial fear, religious reasons was a big one, not wanting to break up a family. They just did all they could to look the other way, try to get over it. And I saw two things with this group: one, a further deterioration of the relationship, and two, this group by far was the most physically sick. That makes sense. Can't handle that. No, but they thought. It's, it's the right thing to do. It's better to do. And they paid such a price for it. And when fear is at the root of that, that's the reason why that wasn't the the end of it. And listen, not to say it was easy when I ended my marriage, but that was the deal breaker. And yeah. I didn't know what was next, but I had four kids watching me. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do my best here. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see how this goes. And it was me losing everything and him losing everything. If anything is going to be a big wake up call for you, it's it's like in my husband's sick, it's it's losing the only people that matter to you. Wow. So I'm curious about something. The group mm-hmm. that had the
0: most, you said, physically ill, physically sick. Did they see? that the betrayal was causing the illness or do they just think I'm just unlucky and I'm sick with these other
1: things. Yeah. They would just so sad and in such pain and just, they started medicating and numbing and avoiding and just going down that negative spiral and so unhappy and so sad. Yeah. So it was for, it was at the root of it, but they were just trying to do all they can to manipulate their mind into a different way of accepting, tolerating. And this was the case, I'll tell you, I'm not gonna name the religions with a few religions too. Um, That was a big reason why a lot of people just tried to tolerate and it was so painful, so painful for them. Yeah. Um, But like I said, fear of not wanting to break up a family, financial fear. I mean, there were a lot of reasons, but if I had to say, what's the number one reason? It would be fear. But because of that fear, they were trying to keep things going. It's It just doesn't work. You know, it's, and you, you said you, you saw the TEDx. So it's, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? It's like that house analogy that I gave. It's almost like you're patching up this old house, patching up, patching up, patching up, patching up. And true trauma and transformation is the house is leveled, leveled. Now you can, you know, yes, you can grieve and mourn the loss and kick and scream and you have every right to mourn the loss of your house until your last breath. However, if you choose to rebuild that house, you don't have to, but if you choose to, you can build whatever you want, make something magnificent, give it everything the old house didn't have. That's That's the opportunity. Yeah. Is to rebuild and rebuild in a very different way. And I'll tell you, we have one of our programs is called rebuild and that's actually for the betrayer. And oh yeah. And of this is not the betrayer who's just on to the next. No, the person who realized they just blew up their lives and hurt the people that they love the most. And they're ready to become someone they're proud of. And it's it's incredible just to see their transformations. They are so ready and so willing to just do the work and do it right. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. I mean, it really is. So you are actually a really good example of this because you and your husband remarried. So that gets to how to trust again, right? What kind of tips do you or strategies do you have for people around that?
1: Yeah, I'm going to give you an analogy. I'm big on analogies. So I look at trust like a brick wall. The only way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick, right? So it could take a really long time. That's how trust is built too. Every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy, that's one Mm. brick in that brick wall. So it could take years to build, right? And then the person who builds the brick wall in this one horrific moment, shatters the whole thing, right? Now, the other person can look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in sticking around and watching that thing get rebuilt. Totally fine. They move along. However, if they are willing, and that would be totally and completely up to them, the other person, the person who shattered the brick wall has to be a really good bricklayer. And they put it up the same way they did the first time, brick by brick by brick. Here's what I see, though. I see the person shatters the brick wall. They don't really have much of an interest in building it. So the person who's been betrayed is like, fine, I'll build it. No, No. that's where they go wrong. That's why they don't trust. That's why they don't feel safe. That's why they're hypervigilant. It's not their job. That makes sense.
0: That makes perfect sense. So, what happens if someone's betrayed by the person who's like, "I don't care that I just built, you know, tore that wall down"? What's the best thing for the person
1: who's been betrayed? What's the best thing for them to do in that case? Yeah, they have to rebuild trust anyway. Not not with that other person. You know, one of the biggest things that happens when trust is shattered is you lose trust in yourself. Yeah, because you're like, "I'm a bright person. How did I not see? How did I not know?" So then, the ripple effect of that is. If I can't trust the person I trusted the most, and I can't even trust myself, well, how in the world can I trust in anything or anyone? So the whole thing has to be rebuilt from the ground up. People neglect the other stages that go before that, and they Mm -hmm. just want to trust again because it's so painful and they're so hurt. So they neglect all the things that happen before they start trusting again. And it's not A foundation that is rock solid and stable. No, I could see where you'd have to learn how to trust yourself.
0: And going back to what you said, you know, the four four table, uh, the table with the four legs, if we're not tuning into our intuition, if we're not trusting that beforehand, what's that going to be like after we've been
1: betrayed? It's just going to be worse. The whole thing has to be rebuilt from the ground up. Yeah.
0: Wow. And this is where I think if we're just rushing through or you just want to make it go away, to learn how to trust yourself again, I would think that's not a speedy, No process.
1: No, and an easy way to do this, an easier way to do this, and I teach a four-step trust rebuilding process. It's in trust again. It's what we teach within the institute. But one thing would be give yourself little tasks and then do them. You know, Hmm. I'm going to drink that glass of water and then you do. I'm going to work out and then you do. I'm going to make that phone call and then you do. And what you're showing yourself is, if I say something, I mean it. I can be trusted. My word is law, and that gives you a sense of safety and security, knowing that it what the words you say, there's something behind it.
0: It's such a small thing, but it contributes to how you feel about yourself, which also contributes to your identity.
1: And betrayal really lends itself to creating a new identity. You take all the parts of you that you love and you leave behind everything that no longer serves and you create a version of you that never would have had the opportunity to exist and to be created had that not happened. The stage four, stage five uh, people that I see, they are dramatically different than who they were in stage two and stage three. And what's so exciting is like the PBT Institute, that was a stage five thing. Yeah, I didn't have access to that when I was healing from trauma, but when you heal and when you move through it, all of a sudden, when you get to that stage four, kind of stage five, that's where we see all the time, new levels of health, new businesses, new relationships with the person who hurt you or with someone new, new passion projects, All of these things are available to you in that stage uh, four, stage five. So while people are hanging out in stage three, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, look, there's so much waiting for you. Like in stage four, it gets really fun. Yeah. But you doing in stage three, (laughs) four. But you got to get out of that stage three. That's it. The hardest stage to leave. And mostly because people don't even know they're in it.
0: Yeah. You just think that's how it feels. That's what it's going to be like.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So now you mentioned, you know, the post betrayal syndrome, obviously. And I know you've got a little a quiz on your website, right? Other than that, how do people know? Like, what are some indicators?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, you're going to see it in your, well, the post-betrayal syndrome quiz will, you will know exactly what symptoms you have. Oh, we nice. also have a quiz on the site, and this is the one that shows you what stage you're in.
0: Oh, fantastic. So, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So you'll know exactly what stage you're in. This is all at the pptinstitute.com. But you will know by your health, your work, your relationships. Like if you're okay. just... I'm fine. No, you're not. You know, there's something behind it. Because if you've truly moved through your betrayal, you are feeling a level of strength and confidence and happiness and joy and gratitude that was, you just didn't know from that beforehand. So like, you know, and I see it's not just something I've experienced, but I see this with all of our coaches. I see it with our members. It's a very different version of you Mm -hmm. that shows up. Yeah. In in stage four and five. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's
0: cool. I had an experience once where there was a betrayal and everything. And then I made it, made it through. And and I got to the point where I'm like, wow, I'm actually thankful that that happened. And it was just this great sense of peace. Now, did that happen overnight? No, of course not. What other than getting stuck in stage three, Mm -hmm. what are some key mistakes you see people make when they've been betrayed?
1: Yeah. Well, I see a lot of people, you know, they're so angry and they just Mm -hmm. want to get revenge. Ooh, I caution that's dangerous. You against that one. It really is. It feels like the right thing to do in the moment. I caution you, everybody. You have that on your resume. Hold off. There's a yes. version of you that's so much better than that. And that's not coming from a place of, of strength or healing. So that's one thing that we see. And and I also see where we're so obsessed with what they're doing, what they're thinking, how they're feeling, what their experience is. And And I look at it like best case scenario, you have a hundred percent of your energy. If you're donating 20, 30, 40, 50 plus percent to what they're doing, you only have the remainder to heal. This is not that you need to harness all that back, get yourself to a better place.
0: That is a great point. How much of our energy do we give
1: away? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a time. We don't have all of our resources available to us. So spending our time and energy on a line of questioning that doesn't give us an answer that's helpful and is only depleting us and making us sick. Uh, the betrayal took enough already. Yeah. We need to get yeah. well.
0: Yeah, it took enough. So wow, this has been absolutely fantastic. Can you share a little bit about where people can learn more, how they can follow you? I know you've got a podcast books, all that kind of good stuff.
1: Yeah, really everything is at the PBT is in post betrayal transformation, the PBT
0: Okay. And the quiz is there. I'll put those in the show notes.
1: What Tell us a little bit about your podcast real quick. Oh, so From Betrayal to Breakthrough. And I interview the most amazing experts. I do some solo episodes on there. And it's just, it's always, uh, you know, betrayal is one of the most, I look at it as one of the most painful of the human experiences. But I also see it through a lens of the greatest opportunity to transform. Mm. And the podcast is really coming at it through all different ways to help you transform physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Betrayal hits us on every level. Every level has to be addressed and healed.
0: Yeah. I love that. Very cool. Well, just to wrap up, anything, any advice that you'd have for someone who has experienced a betrayal, maybe they feel a little bit stuck, what would you say to them?
1: Yeah. I would say I know the pain. I've been there. It's the... I was in the ICU for 11 days. This is worse. I get it. And you can heal and transform because of it. Don't stay stuck. You owe it to yourself and the people who love you to move through it. And if you can't find the motivation to do it for yourself at first, because you don't have the strength, do it for the ones who love you until you have the strength to do it for yourself. That's beautiful.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for coming on and sharing all your your wisdom with this. And I just really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I hope that you found that conversation inspiring and hopeful. I think we've all, unfortunately, probably dealt with some sort of betrayal. I also like that Debbie commented that, you know, betrayal is not just of, you know, romantic. It can also be betrayal at work, betrayal among friends. You know, there's a lot of different ways that it can show up. So here are some of my key insights that I took from this episode or from this conversation. The first one is that betrayal is different than other types of trauma. When she said that, that really resonated for me, and it also made sense why we need another, a different process in order to move through it. The second insight is that in betrayal, it is the self that gets shattered. And I just think this really speaks to why it's so hard to to trust again, and, and like she said, even trust ourselves again. Insight number three is that healing from betrayal Must be both deliberate and very intentional. Insight number four. It really, it's just stood out to me how easy it is to get stuck in the wrong stage of healing. And then what happens is, of course, then we resign ourselves and we remain stuck. That brings me to insight number five, which is kind of related, but I love the way that she put this. Be very careful of the stories that we tell ourselves and then the stories that we glue ourselves to. Because those stories lead us to become even further stuck in the mud, if you will. Insight number six is, I love how Debbie put it. When we ask, is it me? Yes. That doesn't mean it's your fault. And I I love how she said it. It means that it's our opportunity. Our opportunity to learn something new, to, to choose something new. And then I also like how she said that stage four and stage five, that's where new beginnings are created. And finally, my very last uh, insight, and I think this is a very hopeful one, is that while betrayal is one of the most painful of human experiences, it is also an opportunity to transform. And I think that's what I love so much about this episode. So I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you had a lot of takeaways from it. If you know someone who has experienced a betrayal of some sort, and you think this episode could help them with the healing, please, please, please pass it along to them. I want uh, Dr. Demi to be able to help more people through this painful uh, healing process. So that wraps up today's episode. I just want to say thank you all so very much. I appreciate you tuning in and for listening, for all the support that you show us. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate it. So thank you so much. And I hope you have a great week and that you continue to thrive no matter what.